Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green from Huge Profits Tiny List with another call in the podcast series. I'm going to tell you a little story. A few years ago, somebody turned me on to a site called lynda.com. It's Linda with a Y. And I went to that site and I realized that I had found an online learning community where I could get started with everything I wanted to do with my internet business. And I began telling people and sharing this. And little did I know, right here in Santa Barbara, I would finally meet the co-founder and chair of this company, Linda.com, Linda Weinman. I have her here today. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yes, I was so thrilled to finally meet you in person during the Santa Barbara Film Festival, and I know you've been a sponsor of that uh, throughout the years and some other things, and you were so gracious to say that you would be on this call and share more about your company and everything that you're doing. Well, that's what I do. I like to share. That's my. I'm in the business of sharing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an education company, and you know, I do, I do love to share. It's true. Well, what I really love is when I first go to the site, the question is there, what do you want to learn today? Mm-hmm. And for all of us that are lifelong learners, and we're now putting this learning to work in our businesses, you're just a dream come true. So where did you get the idea to start this? Take us back to some beginnings. I think there are, you know, there's sort of the long story and the short story, and I'll I'll start with the short story, and we'll see how much deeper you want to get into it. But I was teaching digital arts at the college level, and I discovered the internet. This is back in 1994, and I decided that my students would want to learn how to publish websites, and I went to a bookstore to try to find the book, and it didn't exist. And I thought, well, I'm already a teacher, and I already write curriculum, and I teach things that are digital already, and maybe I should research and write this book. And so I did, and the book was the very first book that came out in 19, January of 96 is when it was published, that um, really talked to regular people about how to do web publishing. And it became very, very popular, and the book that I wrote was a bestseller. And based on the royalties of that book, I was able to start lynda.com as a company. And its first incarnation was as a school. My husband and I had recently moved to Ojai, California, which is near Santa Barbara. And we had the first school in the world that taught web design. And we had people coming from all over. It was kind of at the beginning of the dot-com craze. And um, we were absolutely capitalizing on the fact that it was hard information to find and that people knew about my book and it was how we how our school was known and then a number of things happened many years later um, including the 9-11 attacks where people stopped wanting to travel and of course everybody had been physically traveling to our school and then all of the budgets for people who had dot-coms when the dot-com crash happened which was around the the same time stopped um, having budgets to go to classes with and so we decided to put our lessons online and that ended up being the much bigger idea where we started with about 20 of our classes that we published first on VHS then we put them all online and today we have um, thousands of of what we call courses which are collections of videos and over a hundred thousand individual videos that we've produced on all these different topics mostly around digital literacy and things like what you discussed, um, 
marketing in the you know in the social media age, learning how to become a publisher, learning how to blog, learning how to produce video, how to make compelling PowerPoints, how to um, use um, web development tools, how to make apps. So we have a huge library at this point, um, and the idea really sort of morphed from all those different touch points. Well, it's just amazing what what you have done because you you were the person who was bold. You went forward and said this is needed, and like you said, you know after after the nine eleven attacks, I wasn't online in two thousand one, but I knew then that everything would change. And when I did come online a few years later, then I saw that having an online community was going to make all the difference. And now I see you have over 2,500 courses. It's, it's quite amazing. And almost anyone that I run into in the entire, you know, greater Santa Barbara area, if they have anything to do with uh, technology or publishing or anything, I always say, well, you know, you, you are connected with lynda.com, aren't you? And they always, you know, just very rare. If if they say no, they aren't familiar, they are after our conversation. <laughs> Well, that's that's really how we've grown. It's been so incredible to me because, um, you know, it was really before the age of social media and, and viral marketing and all these kinds of terms that we take for granted today. But lynda.com truly grew out of word of mouth, and it continues to have its most amount of referrals through people like you who are just telling others about it. And that makes me really proud because, um, you know, that's a sign of a business that people really find value with and that is super important to me as an educator that people find value in what we teach yes yes great great value and um you know we become raving fans we're evangelists and we (laughs) spread the word like crazy and you offer a uh, free trial for seven days i'm going to give people my my affiliate link they're used to me doing so at connie loves dot me forward slash Linda, and it's Linda with a Y, L-Y-N-D-A. So I have a few questions I really want to ask you in in more depth. One is when there's a new software program that comes out, how do you decide when and if this is something that you would add to your library of topics? Uh, It's a great question, and it's sort of an art and a science. And so I think it's clear that we have a pretty strong commitment to certain product lines and ideas. So um, we have a photography area, we have a design area, a developer area. And for for topics that we have been teaching for a long time, we've made that commitment. We're going to stay current. So things like um, the Adobe Creative Suite, um, we are always out sort of date and time when there's a change to that set of applications. And um, they recently came out with Creative Cloud. So I think in general, subscribers know that if there's an update to an Office product or an an update to an Adobe or an Apple product, that we're going to have it. Um, Where it gets a little bit trickier is, uh, you know, some of the new areas, which are, you know, for example, some that I can think of, uh, 3D printing. That was something that didn't exist or wasn't even really possible a few years ago yeah. and the whole CAD area has really exploded and you know um, some of the tools that are out there are being used not only by architects and designers but by average people who are just trying to you know solve problems of arranging things and so that's been an area where we've really seen an explosion if you think about things like 
digital photography, which, you know, we don't even really have to put that word digital in front of it anymore. But people with phones, all of a sudden, so many more people are taking pictures. They're saying that more pictures have been taken in the last year or two than in the entire history of photography. So there are certain trends and movements and changes that happen that you can't really predict. And so some of it is you know, data-driven, where we're aware of a lot of interest in a certain new area, and we're getting a lot of requests. And other times, we're predictive. So we might know, for example, that there are going to be changes to the way that Microsoft and Adobe are delivering their software. They're all moving towards more of a software as a subscription now, which means that everybody has the same version. It's not like it used to be where you might have an older version of Office and a newer version of Photoshop. So there's a lot of changes to the landscape that we constantly have to adapt to, but we have a team of experts who are very aware of what the future trends are going to be and have their ear to the ground listening very carefully to requests that we're getting. Some of it is sort of automated things, like we can look at failed search terms on our website. We can collect those kinds of analytics from other search engines. And so we're aware of where there's a big need from our audience. But then sometimes we're just, um, we find a great teacher or we find a really interesting topic and we just decide well, we're going to do that, and it's more of a of a qualitative than a quantitative reason. Okay, so when you're in that predictive mode, you're willing to take a chance on something like what you're saying, something that Absolutely. is at the very beginning, even if the the need for the or the desire to learn it might be small because people aren't even aware, and then you're willing to take that time to mm -hmm. grow that audience in that particular area. Absolutely, and I mean, I think that data analytics, obviously, it's a really huge topic at the moment. It's people are much more aware of mining data and, you know, some of it affects uh, privacy issues and some of it affects, you know, findability and discoverability. But I think in general, it tells you about the past. It doesn't necessarily predict the future. And so I really like that um, we are also intuitive and not only scientific about the way that we do things. Yes, yes. I love that as well. And you have such great experts, and you just mentioned that. Where do you find people, or do they find you many times? It's a combination, again, and um, it's partly because we already have hundreds of teachers who um, have partnered with lynda.com to produce materials together. And um, one of the little-known facts about Linda that a lot of people wouldn't know or don't know is that we pay our instructors based on the popularity of their materials, unlike a lot of other services where people contribute for free or there's sort of a um, you know less um, easy way to monetize your work. So we are very careful about who we select, and we do have some staff authors who are more on you know they have. Um, they're employed by us, so they have benefits and they have a salary. But then the majority of the teachers who contribute to lynda.com are working professionals, um, experts, teachers in the field. And what we do is we search the world for the very top experts and teachers. And so we have um, people who program lynda.com who are responsible for these different categories. And they themselves are experts, so they might already have really good domain knowledge within that area. And they are able to um, know who all the key thought leaders and experts are in that space. And then they also rely on some of the existing authors. So often we'll get referrals from existing authors. We will find people out in the field in a variety of ways. And then we um, have a fairly uh, uh, rigorous sort of 
trial period where we have almost like a screen test because sometimes somebody can be a great writer or a great teacher but maybe not great on video and so we we have you know a number of steps that we go through before we approve somebody um, to your point it is a big investment for us to create a course it costs a certain amount of money that we take that financial risk to do but we also feel really strongly that our entire reputation hinges on the value of that teacher and how good of a teacher the author is. And so we are, you know, willing to kill a course if we think it just didn't meet our standards. We we push, we um, team the expert with a producer, and it's a collaboration between um, someone who has expertise and then our team that might have instructional design expertise and sort of how to craft the materials that are that make them better on video so there's a, a huge production process that we go through to both select the topics and then also groom the instructors to help them understand how to best uh, deliver their materials via video well I was just thinking if only they did that in the university system because I think we've <laughs> all had those instructors that you know many times they're brilliant people they've done so much in their field but you put them in front of a group of students and it just doesn't come across in the way that the student anyway is is hoping for and it sounds like what you're doing really helps that process so that everybody really brings out their their best and they're really ready for their close up it's true and i you know i think it's because it's our core competency and that's not really what universities have focused on and so there is a real difference between a live instructor and a videotaped instructor and um you know it's just not a core competency that schools have ever had to think about but i think they're starting to actually i think um you know there's a big movement afloat with i don't know if you've heard of the word mooc but it's called massive online open courseware where a lot of the universities are are feeling the pressure to go online with their um materials and that does require a whole different set of skills to understand how to package your materials online Oh, I was not familiar with that. So it's massive online open courseware, and it's called a MOOC. And um, it's just got a lot of attention about a year or two ago because some of the major universities, Harvard, MIT, Stanford, um, started to put courses online, and they were getting, you know, 250,000 students attending a course. And um, you know, offering it for free. So there's a lot of press about it because it was this idea that you could get an Ivy League education for free and, you know, how is that going to impact the universities and education uh, in general. And a lot of people think that lynda.com is a MOOC, but it isn't, actually. We're, um, we're very different. We're a library of instructional videos. And what that means that's different from a class, um, a MOOC is kind of emulating a traditional university class where there's a start date, an end date, you get delivered the materials once a week, you have assignments, you have grades. Lynda.com is very freeform in that you can come to Lynda.com, let's say you want to learn PowerPoint, but you might not have realized that along with PowerPoint you want to learn how to work with color, how to work with type, how to work with photographs, how to add videos, and there are a lot of other kind of related lessons that we've published that 
might go into the skill set that you want to build. You think you just want to learn PowerPoint, but you want to learn so much more storytelling, you know, so much more than what it might just the software might look like. And so what we've done is if you think about the difference between going to school and going to a library, when you go to school, you're picking a course or maybe you have time for five classes within a semester and you have to really carefully decide, you know, what am I going to take and how many units and, um, you know, how much time. Whereas with lynda.com, and when you're in a library, you might grab 10 or 15 books and sit at the table and read a sentence from this one and a paragraph from that one and kind of mash up when it's all more according to your learning objective. And so that's something that you can do really well online that you can't do so much in physical time and space is um, your own you know, personal learning objectives and your own personal mashups in terms of how you want to slice and dice what you want to learn and just learn pieces of things to, you know, if you already know Photoshop, you don't need to learn the whole program from beginning to end. You, you know, you might take a, a class at community college and part of it would be redundant and part of it, you know, would be at the level you want. And so what's really nice about online is you can just hone in exactly where you are and where you want to go and customize it for yourself. I love that. I love that style of learning that, that you're offering people. But now, what about for someone that has some specific goals? So like I'm a former classroom teacher. So just say that I came in and I said, you know, here I am. I'm teaching at the elementary and middle school level, and I, I need to do these things with my students over the next year. Would I be able to put together my own course of action for the next six months to a year to learn those specific things, is there a way in your system to be able mm -hmm. for me to state what I need and then have you customize that for classes for me? Yes, there is. It's um, What you would do is you would use the search field and you would search for what you're looking for, and it might be more searching for more than one thing. And then we have a tool that allows you to build a playlist, and you can string together different classes, and then you can share that playlist with either your students um, a study group, um, you know, I think while we we have, our materials really are more for adult learning than they are for, you know, the lower grades, um, the middle, there, it's, I would say it's middle school and, and above um, where the students are really needing to learn the digital tools and needing to, you know, submitting homework and uh, using software tools like Word and PowerPoint and learning um, things like how to blog and you know, how to use videos, and I would say that it's probably middle school and above. Um, but if you were a teacher and we had relevant materials, you could put together a playlist and then share it with your students, and they would know um, the order you wanted them to watch it in and what they wanted you to watch, what you wanted them to watch. Excellent. Excellent. This, you know, it's just, I mean, I, I'm sure you know this, there is nothing like what you offer at lynda.com available in the world. <laughs> Well, thank you. We're very proud and passionate. You know, we love what we're doing. It's a group of, um, you know, almost 500 of us now. And um, this is our passion, and we're really committed to growing it and making it better all the time. And it's just amazing that it has such a, you know, incredible momentum and life force to it. Um, I started it just alone with my husband. And, you know, to see 18 years later that it's as big as it is, and we have over 4 million um, members who you know subscribe and have access to lynda.com and so um, it's just it's just you know hard to believe I pinch myself all the time 
It's beautiful, beautiful. Thank so now you. we talked about a lot of it being word of mouth, and then also you have been online and in business for quite a while. But mm-hmm. I know that I, you know, first was aware that you were in the Santa Barbara area because of the film festival and some things at the at the University of California Santa Barbara. Also, can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the sponsorships and the charities, things like that that you're involved with? Sure. Um, you know, we we moved to Santa Barbara about four and a half years ago, and when we first came to town, no one knew that we were based here because we hadn't been based here. We'd been based in a much smaller town of Ojai, and then we had moved to Ventura, and so kind of as a coming out um, effort, we decided to go really bold and and become the key sponsors of a couple of of different uh, charities, most specifically the Santa Barbara International Film Festival and the UCSB Arts and Lectures uh, series, and um, that was a really, you know, it was it was kind of a strategy to give back to our community and support the arts, but it was also a strategy to get more visibility and have um, the community more aware that we are based here because, you know, we're a virtual company and and we have members all over the world. That's kind of goes with the territory. I'm sure your podcast has subscribers all over the world it's just sort of the nature of doing something in the digital world and you know but we still have um physical employees and we need to recruit and we also you know believe in reinvesting in ourselves and our people and our community and it's just you know part and parcel of of an overall set of values that we you know cherish yes i just i love that so much because i i have you know the same same values as well. I know that I first saw you about either two or three years ago now at one of the venues for the film festival, and you were out front, and I didn't approach you. I felt like it just wasn't the right thing to do at the time. I'm not shy by nature, but I was it was starting to rain, and I thought, you know, I, I'm just not going to go up and and say anything to you. And I decided when I saw you then a few months ago during the festival at the beautiful Arlington Theater, I thought. I'm not going to be that way again. Now I'm going to go right up to you and talk to you and let you know how much I really appreciate what you're doing, and I'm so glad that I did. Oh, I'm glad you did too. And I, you know, sometimes I feel like people must think that I'm I'm rude or stuck up because I meet so many people and I don't remember everybody, and so I always feel so sheepish when, you know, someone has met me before and they say, "Well, I met you at the blah blah blah," <laughs> and it's just like the most awkward thing. But um, you know, I love meeting people who are are passionate about what we're doing, and and um, I I don't know, it's just a wonderful experience to have built something that people want and value and use and and just find you know to be effective for them, and and I I guess I never get tired of hearing that. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's so so important. Well, what about in the in the future? Is there anything that you could share with us? that perhaps very few people know, something that you're going to be doing that's a little different or new? Well, um, we are expanding internationally right now. That's something that we're, um, we've made a commitment to doing. We purchased a company about close to a year and a half ago, and they were doing what we do, but in uh, French, Spanish, and German, and they're starting to build out Japanese. And so... We now have offices overseas and production facilities, and we are working very hard to build the same library that we're building in English and other languages. And so that's really exciting to me because the problem of keeping skills current is not an American problem. It's a human problem. And it's just 
an amazing opportunity that we have to spread what we're doing beyond English. And so I would say maybe a lot of people don't know that about us. Oh, I love that, the, the global approach. Yes. I, I spend summers in Finland. I have extended family over there, but uh, Finnish really uh, doesn't have a, a big enough d demand, but uh, perhaps you would go to, to Swedish at some point. Yes, and, <laughs> and I think that's the, um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate that English is probably everybody, almost every country's first language, you know, or second language, if yes. not first primary language. So, and a lot of, People in other countries want to learn business English, so they're actually sort of a double advantage to having the library in English because they're learning, you know, they know English well enough to learn from the videos, but they're also learning better English as they're watching. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there are so many languages in the world, how do you crack that code? That's, that would be, you know, quite impossible probably to publish Everything in every language, I don't even know if that's humanly possible. It sort of makes your head explode to think about that. <laughs> so so you do have to, you know, be strategic, figure out where to start, and it does sort of seem like a bottomless pit of, you know, challenge to get there. But I think that um, given that we can leverage the English pretty well, if we can go in and subsidize in, in some additional courses that are in native languages, I think it will be pretty well received. Yes, I believe it will, and you know it's true. Things things could get lost in in translation. So I think you're doing it the the perfect way. So thank Linda, you. thank you so so much for uh, agreeing to be interviewed here on my podcast. I know that my people are going to be very excited to be further connected with you. And again, I want to encourage everyone to go over to ConnieLoves.me forward slash Linda L Y N D A. And Linda, do you have any last words you'd like to leave with our audience? Um, you know, I think it's overwhelming to see how fast everything is changing around us. And I hope, you know, we've built Linda.com to sort of have everybody's back to be a, a very um, sort of easy way to keep your skills up to date, a non-intimidating way. Nobody's there in class with you. You're just sort of you and your computer listening to videos and, and uh, learning things. And so, um, you know, I really hope that we can be a resource to your listeners. Yes, definitely. My, my people are entrepreneurs and small business owners, so this is perfect for them. So thank you once again. Well, thank you. All right, this is Connie Reagan-Green from HugeProfitsTinyList.com with another call in the podcast series, be sure to subscribe to all of the calls, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks again, Linda. Thank you.